Broadcasting from the Hip Hop Weekly Studios, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Civic Cipher. I am your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. You are listening to Civic Cipher. You know what's crazy? No, I don't know what's crazy. Allow me to tell you. Stereotypes. Stereotypes are kind of wild. Yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um... One of the things that comes up quite a bit in our conversations with people has to do with their um, upbringing being surrounded by stereotypes with respect to black people. So today's show, we're going to be dealing with a lot of stereotypes. We're going to talk about um, an incident in Ohio of a couple that was shopping while black and they had the police called on them. Um, And that's a very traumatic experience for a lot of black people at different points in our lives. Um, And but it's it's kind of a shared trauma. And and for folks that may not have access to it, we're going to give you some insight. Wild black as a suffix is really. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Trouble. Um, We're also going to spend some time talking about protesting. Wild black. Mm -hmm. Um, That that wild black suffix often enough. kind of makes it feel you know as reported by the news or just kind of in conversation it makes it feel a little bit more sinister a little bit more criminal um it should feel sinister and criminal right because it's been designed to paint us in that way you feel that way sure sure so uh and we're also going to use our way black history fact to talk about some the the basis of a lot of these stereotypes as well so a lot in store for you today um, and hopefully this will be an educational uh, episode for a lot of folks who've been wondering where the basis of all this stuff comes from. So um, we're definitely going to get into that. But first and foremost, we are going to be celebrating a tad bit of Ebony Excellence. Today's Ebony Excellence is brought to you by Major Threads for the finest in menswear. Check MajorThreads.com. And we have a video that we're going to play. Hi, I'm Danae Benton, actor, (laughs) thank you, and proud CMU alum. Earlier tonight, CMU and the Tony Awards presented the 2023 Excellence in Theater Education Award. And while I am certain that the current Grand Wizard, I'm sorry, excuse me, governor of my home state of Florida, will be changing... (laughs) that he will be changing the name of this following town immediately. (laughs) We were honored to present this award to the truly incredible and life-changing Jason Zembic Young. Okay, so in short, that wonderful display of courage for calling out what we believe to be racist behavior and uh, divisive leadership on the part of Ron DeSantis calling that out was Broadway star Danae Benton who's known for her roles in Hamilton and Into the Woods Uh, of course she compared uh, DeSantis to Ku Klux Klan leader as she acknowledged Florida teacher Jason Zimbuk Young as the winner of this year's Excellence in Theater Education Award Um, and that amount of courage and of course on that type of stage is a beaming example of ebony excellence if I've ever seen it. 
So I salute you. So now let's talk about shopping. <laughs> so, you know, off the top of your head, can you think of any stories uh, uh, from your life where shopping was a particularly traumatic experience that you believe the trauma was based solely on your, or the additional trauma was based on you being black. Um, for some of our listeners, I don't want to insult them uh, <laughs> by making this some singular occurrence that stood out in my head from the one time it happened. Like, of course, all the time, all the time. Yeah. Um, there's a, a movie when I was younger that was written, directed and produced, I believe by Eddie Murphy called boomerang. Mm. And I remember there was a massive uproar in Hollywood and in the media because it was a movie about executives, like advertising executives in um in the in the fashion and um like fragrances and you know in that in that whole world. And none of the main characters are white. And people were like really insulted and yeah. angered by it yeah. when that had been the case in the reverse for all of history yeah. and, and no one had anything to say. And there is a scene in that film where these very, very wealthy um, cosmetic marketing and advertisers, their executives, mm -hmm. are shopping at a men's clothing store. And the salesperson immediately reminds them that there's no layaway and that they don't keep cash in the store. Mm. These three gentlemen have on suits. It's very, very clear that they are uh, well-to-do, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, again, you know, marketing executives. Mm -hmm. But this salesperson saw three black men. It didn't care. It didn't care or it didn't matter that they had money or how they were dressed or how they spoke. They were black. Mm -hmm. So they had to be there to either steal something or they clearly could not afford anything that was yeah. there. So whenever they would grab something that they liked, he would make it known to them how expensive it was. Yeah. You know, that is twelve hundred dollars yeah. or, you know, whatever the price was to, right. to kind of discourage them from even looking mm -hmm. and then reminded them we don't have layaway <laughs> and when one of them simply suggested that they were okay before he walked away and left them alone made sure that they knew we don't keep cash in the store yeah yeah i think that uh that speaks to that's sort of like art imitating life um because that was a movie but that i think that illustrates how we have this as black people this collective trauma this is the, almost like a shared experience i i know that if i encounter someone i've never met before but grew up in the united states was black might have grown up in a different city different state that they will understand the feeling of shopping while black i mean like you said art art imitating life mm -hmm. That's why that scene was in the movie. Yeah, exactly. Everybody black that saw that movie understood it. It was probably was funny. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Not funny because it's funny, but funny because the movie perhaps captured it so yeah. well yeah. and it was so relatable. Right. So in that way. Now, I, I want to share a story about um, when I was, uh, I believe it was my first year of high school. But first, I want to discuss why we're talking about this. So as I mentioned, um. There is a video that has gone viral and the Black Information Network actually covered the story. So I'll read a bit about the story just to kind of bring uh, you, the listener, up to speed on what kind of triggered this, really this whole show, these stereotypes, right? So I'll read a bit. 
Uh, Bed Bath & Beyond is facing online backlash after staff at an Ohio store called the police on a black couple and accused them of shoplifting because they had too many, quote, high-ticket items in their cart. Footage posted by Lamar Richards on June 16th shows him and his boyfriend confronting store employees at a location in Toledo while a police officer is present. And this is him talking, quote, I'd like to understand why police were called. That's very simple. Why were the police called with the three black people thinking that we were shoplifting? He asked a female worker. He goes on to say, I paid $600 for my things, so obviously I didn't shoplift. I want to understand why you thought I was shoplifting. And then the staff member says, if there's a big purchase item, there's usually a question. We just want to make sure. Richard said, okay, usually a question. I can understand that. But police being called, I can't understand that. So we obviously we saw this video. And we recognize uh, that feeling that uh, Richards and his partner were having in that moment. I, I believe there was a comment that he made. That was very similar to the uh, the scene that you just described in Boomerang Q, where he says to the uh, Richard says to the employee at the Bed Bath and Beyond. He says to her. I paid for this with a debit card, not with a credit card. Using money that I earned. With my degree. That was a statement I earned. <laughs> From my job. With, with, yeah, exactly. With my degree. That's a bar. <laughs> That's a bar, ain't it? And, you know, for, for other people that feel like, oh, you know, it's just a misunderstanding. Oh, these people exist, Q. I see your face. I'm sure they do. The problem is you'd have to be able to provide me a counterexample. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what to present it to me as a misunderstanding. Sure. And I know you can't because it doesn't happen. Right. This is Maggie B. Noen, and we'll be right back with more Civic Cipher after a quick break. Hi, I'm Dr. Miranda Melcher, host of the Just Access podcast. We bring you amazing interviews from the world of human rights and access to justice, from Dunja Miatovic, Council of Europe Commissioner for Human Rights, to Liz Evenson, International Justice Director at Human Rights Watch. Whether you're a law student or legal professional, human rights activist, or just want to stay up to date on what's happening with the world, the Just Access podcast is your go-to for inspirational stories and fascinating discussions about the state of human rights today. Search for Just Access on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But these people exist. And so for those people in your world, our listener, maybe you recognize that this is a thing, but maybe the people around you don't. And the people that you have conversations with and trying to help us tell our stories. So for the people that think that this is, it might just be a misunderstanding. Don't make a big deal out of it. Why are you filming? Why are you recording? Clearly we're just protecting our interest. We didn't know it was an honest mistake, that sort of stuff, right? People, because people feel this way. Those people are not looking beyond the incident that is in front of them. Those people are not realizing that indeed it is a lifetime of having that sort of monkey on your back in a manner of speaking. 
that nervousness when shopping through or walking through a store shopping. You know, you know, the the craziest thing, just a real quick example. The craziest thing for me is when I go into a store hoping to find something and I don't find what I'm wanting and I have to leave the store empty handed. It's a, it plagues me constantly. The reason for that is because if I go into the store and I don't find what I want and I have to leave the store empty handed, I still at 40 years old have that constant companion, that fear, that trauma that says they're going to think I came in here to steal something. The really, really sad and really infuriating truth to what you just said is as soon as you said it, my stomach started hurting. Because mm -hmm. you, you understand. I knew exactly. I knew your why without you having to even express it. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's that way with going into a store and not buying. It's that way when getting poor service and still having to feeling tip. obligated to tip. Yep. You know, it it is a... You know, that, like you said, that companion that's always with us where we have to make these decisions through this prism that is so incredibly unfair, so incredibly frustrating, but so incredibly ever present. It's constant. Yeah. Yeah. So let me give you an example. Um, once upon a time, uh, this is my mind. You have a ton of examples, but this one was very scary for me. Very, very scary for me. First, let me give you a little bit better background. If, if you're new to the show, you may not know this. My father was a minister. I don't say that because I believe it's necessarily virtuous. I say that because I understood quite well the difference between right and wrong, according to the majority of the principles that we share as human yeah, beings. It speaks, not, it speaks to a type of upbringing. A, more a than moral code. Yeah, trying to come okay. across as virtuous. Yes. Okay, thank you, Q. So, um, I, I, I knew better than the still. In addition, I recognized that the consequences for doing anything outside of what is expected of you while being black are more severe than the consequences of doing something outside of what is expected of you while being white. In other words, if I, a black person, wants to drink beer as an underage teenager in high school, the consequences would be far worse for me, potentially, if the police showed up than they might be for, you know, my friends who were not as melanated and on and on. You The consequence for everything, beer is a, kind of a low-hanging example, but you can imagine. No, I mean, but it's it's good to use a, a slightly benign example. Thank you. To point out the contrast, yeah. right? You show up to a, a party where the teenagers don't look like us and it's a slap on the wrist. Like in almost very literally, you know, hey, don't do this again. We'll tell your parents kind of thing. Yeah. We're going to jail. Yeah. Charges are being pressed. Yes. Lawyers have to be involved. Right. Parents. All that stuff. Hopefully, that's all that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, this does not escalate into something far more sinister for no reason at all, except for because of the way that you live. Sure, sure. And it's important. That, so, so a lot of people that don't live in this skin or have the black experience 
in the United States of America. And by that, I don't mean by proximity. I mean by actually waking up inside of a black body with melanin, but your body producing melanin that turns it brown, beautiful brown color. That experience, living that life, you cannot know the reality and so for people who might say, listen, you're just imagining these things. It's the, the, the world is a fairer place than you think. We elected a black president. You know, people think this, right? You cannot make that judgment only having lived the part of the experience that affords you the privilege to even fix your mouth to say that. I'll continue. As a teenager, I went to the mall after school, which is what we did. Once upon a time, we didn't all have cell phones and whatever, you know, we actually had to hang out with each other. And that was our, our friend group and our followers, et cetera. Right. Um, and, and a place to do this place to be social was at the mall. Right. Went to the mall one day and went into, it might've been a, uh, it was a drugstore, like a Walgreens or something. And I walked into the store through the outside door. In other words, I was using this store to gain access to the mall. It had two entrances, one from the mall side and one from outside. So I'm coming in from the outside. Walked into the store just fine. But mind you, I just got out of school, so I have my backpack on. I'm walking through the store. Remember, I'm not buying anything. I'm just going into the mall. And when I get to the front of the store, the alarm thing beeps. And, you know, I, I, I've been through some really tense moments in my life. I've, 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 I've had to come to terms with my own mortality. I have not been that scared maybe four or five times ever because when that alarm beeped those people got to manhandling me and they were yelling and screaming and I and I didn't know what was going on because of course I didn't steal anything I mean just to give you the end of the story I didn't steal anything but the way that they approached me as though I was already convicted of the capital murder <laughs> you know what I mean like they had, they, 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 they wrestled me, you know, I'm not a, I'm physically not a big person. I was much smaller when I was in school. I was a child still. I might've been 14, ninth grade, you know, um, they, they, you know, and these, these are men, you know, the mall security, that, that sort of person. Um, I don't remember if it was police or not, but it might've been because there were so many people there and they, um, they, they, pushed me over the counter after they took my backpack um, and they had my hands behind my back and they were just holding me. I didn't get handcuffed or anything, but they were holding me there. And uh, it, it was so aggressive. And then my friends that I was with, they, they were powerless because remember they're children too. So they're standing on the other side um, and they're thinking the worst. They're like, Oh my God, Ramses is, was got caught stealing in the store. How did he steal me? We just walked through the store. So um, the end of that story is they started going through my backpack because obviously they were checking my, my person to see if I had anything and then they go through my backpack. 
I take out, it, it first looked in my backpack, there's nothing in my backpack except homework and like pencils and stuff. So they're putting everything, they put the backpack through the, the uh, beeping machine or whatever to see if you, the shoplifting gate, I guess. And then my backpack beeped, I remember that. And then they started taking my backpack, everything out of it. So the, the big zipper and then the, the little tiny zipper and they're putting everything through to try to figure out what was beeping the thing. Then they took out, um, there used to be these notebook holders and they were like kind of like trapper keepers sort of things. It's basically would hold all your homework and your notes and everything from your different classes. They took out my trapper keeper thing and they held that through the... Uh, Rams, this is saying <laughs> trapper keeper thing because that is from a generation prior. Yeah, to you, you may not know. Most of us know what a trapper keeper okay. is. He's, <laughs> I'm watching his face as he's trying to describe a it's thing a big, that has it's a folder. Maybe like saying, you know, a Coca-Cola thing. <laughs> like, no, just a Coke. Yeah. It's well, a trapper keeper. Yeah, that's what I had. Anyway, so they, they held it through the... Uh, the machine in it or the uh, gate thing and they beat. So then they zipped it open and it's trapper keeper and it's like kept everything safe. So they zipped it. It was basically like a, like a folder or a, a briefcase, but for kids, right? Opened it up. I had to explain it. Opened it up. And it still had that tag that causes the, the gates to beep in it. Now you could look visibly look at it and see that it was worn. It was well used. I had it for, Maybe I had it all that year, but I suspect because I didn't grow up with a lot of money, if the stuff still was working, let it ride, I probably had it for a few years. But that uh, little sticker that causes the alarm to beep was still in the folder. And so when I initially purchased it, because I did, well, my mom purchased it for me to go to school, um, it had it in there and they never took it off, right? So that at, at 14 years old, confirmed exactly what it was that I thought might happen if I was suspected of shoplifting. Call the authorities. It's a four alarm fire. Let's get everybody down here. There's a criminal, you know, and, and they don't come to the table with, Hey, this might be a misunderstanding like they do. Cause I've seen this happen oh, yeah, at affluent department stores. Cause I shop in places like built this. in benefit of the doubt for everyone else. Mm-hmm is triggering yeah excuse me ma'am we must have t forgotten to take something off of one of your items can we check that out and make sure that you're okay even if that person is suspected of stealing even you spare them the humiliation that person is stealing yeah you spare them the humiliation you and in my case they were hurting me i'll never forget that like i i was that afraid I have, in that moment, I somehow disappointed my mother, my family, my friends, my community. You know, I always tried to do the right thing. I always tried to be a good person. Um, I'm not going to say that I've always been perfect. I've had to learn what, what it means to be a man. Yeah. I'm not, I, that's called growing up. But perfect is not even a word that I can use for anything I've ever done throughout my entire existence. We, somebody called me perfect before it made me cringe yeah that's fair yeah we we are learning we, we need that over here <laughs> but listen watch this i think this 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 example and your example also shows how the the point i'm trying to make which is i had to learn despite having a, a strong moral code and an upbringing kind of knowing more or less what was right from wrong i had to learn what it meant to be a a, a good man yeah i had to learn and and Oftentimes, we don't have the grace as black men to be able to learn, to make a mistake and learn from it. 
we're held to a standard of adults when we're children well, and treated like adults. Yeah, when that's, we're children. that's because two things are true. One is that that criminal element is baked in if you look like us. Right. So the reason why you're not given any grace is because you're not making a mistake. You're being a criminal. That's that's what you are. That's who you are. So you're doing what it's in your nature to be that. Right. You know what I mean? And we're assumed to also always be poor. You know, I thought of an yeah. example while you were telling your story, just to make this as quick as I possibly can. When I was shopping for my car, yes, the car that I have now. Yeah. And I remember I was asking all of these questions and the guy said to me in these words, so I ended up, of course, not buying a car from him. You're asking all these questions, sir. Can you even afford this car? No. And I was like, wow. Now, of course, I didn't wear a suit to the car dealership, but to be petty, I did screenshot my account balance at the time. <laughs> and it just so happened that this was this way. I don't want anybody to read into this. I had enough money in my account that day <laughs> to buy the car cash. So it's you a know, nice car. The sales, yeah, very nice car. The sales <laughs> manager at that dealership got a screenshot of my account balance. I did not have that kind of money for real, but that day the account balance was popping. Yeah. And I got to send that screenshot to that sales manager. As you can imagine, he was very upset and did a lot to try to win my business back, but it was yeah. too late because I knew the only reason this person assumed I couldn't afford this car was was because I looked like Q. Mm. I think Q is a good looking man. I appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir. Likewise. Um, listen up. We got a lot more here. Um, we're going to take a pause for the cause. Wild gonna, black, man. That's <laughs> sure. stereotypes, man. They, they really do have real world impacts. We're going to talk more about it in just a second. 